All right, hello and welcome to the Been Talking with Peak Performers podcast. On this podcast, we talk to peak performers in their field so you can then go perform at your best. Just before I start the show, I want to talk to you guys about an initiative that I've started and that is producing podcasts for business owners and people that want their own amazing show. I'll talk to you guys a little bit more about that at the end of the show, but for now, let's get into our guest for today and that's Mike Hendry from Pianos Recycled. Pianos Recycled is on a mission to prevent as many unwanted pianos ending up in landfill as possible their whole goal is repurposing beautiful beautiful pianos into unique handcrafted items there was an amazing conversation with mike they've got an amazing business so i'm really excited for you guys to get into this one and let's go mike thank you for coming on Uh, welcome tim Absolute pleasure. you have created a really sustainable fantastic business here Mm helping people, you know, essentially reuse their pianos if they want to get rid of them but um, have the emotional tie to them to keep them and transform them into something. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's, it's... That's a, my sum up. It's a multi-generational thing. First of all, the concept is is globally unique. Um, there is no one, no other organisation um, in the world doing quite what we do. There are some people, who, especially in America, who have been very good at turning them into cocktail cabinets. Um, uh, which, which is fine. That's if that's the outcome for a piano, then so be it. Um, but we, it we have, be we're, we're, we're we're just bringing to conclusion exactly that concept for a client right now, and that's a very typical sort of situation where uh, someone has rung us. Um, the piano's been in the family for generations. Like what well, might only be one, but usually two or three, um, and so. They don't really. They want, don't want to throw it out. They love the look of it, but no one's playing. Maybe a piano tuner, just to compound this, a piano tuner or someone's come in at some point and given it the kiss of death, like mm. it can't be tuned anymore. It's got major major issues, etc. And so that sort of client, that particular type of client, turns around and says, "No, we want to retain the piano in some form." Uh, now, sometimes it might be turning it into a table, like the lovely table that we're sitting at here. Um, this actual table having been made from a, an Australian piano that was made here in Melbourne um, in the uh, 1920s uh, but had been gutted and torn, literally torn apart, that all there was was the shell. Uh, and so we got this beautiful, uh, we think, silky oak uh, and a local artisan um, uh, with our collaboration we turned it into this. Um, not that we want to well, it's a separate issue. We won't get into us becoming furniture makers. That's mm. not quite the direction we want to go. But getting back to the client, this particular client, she wants to turn, she wants something and she decided a cocktail t- cabinet. So we're, we've set a piano up as a cocktail complete with LED lights and Wi-Fi thing where she can change the colour <laughs> underneath the piano and on top with glass backing in front of the strings, etc. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's not quite... Not quite what I'd do with a piano, but then that's it, to each, literally to each their it's own. Their own yeah. 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 So the, the the transformation process, the client, there's one category of client who has this piano, wants to transform the piano into something that still has meaning, that still has some kind of presence. And uh, well, the, the right word is provenance. It's, it has some story and connection to their life. Um, and you've got to remember in a lot of these cases, given the life and the durability of pianos, that a lot of people are, uh, how would you say? Well, 
grandmother inherit was given the piano for her 18th birthday or great grandmother actually now great grandmother before the first world war before 1900 even uh has been given was given the piano their 15th 18th 25th wedding present whatever the case may be and so the piano is quite precious to them and also in their lifetime unless they were upper middle class and or wealthy classes the piano would have been the most expensive thing they bought in their lifetime because they wouldn't have aspired to home ownership so the piano was the first great material possession the piano was uh, the most expensive thing they would buy the piano its significance in, in economic sense the piano um, higher purchase or what they used to call time payment was developed by the piano industry Right. right. It's the first. It's the. It's really quite significant. Quite getting away from music, and it's the the, the transformation of the piano to its pr- its presence in the lounge room, the living room, in Queen Victoria's time. Its presence from an economic sense uh, and significance is quite um, profound. Mm. So you have, we, and we have a number of clients who have a, a piano that's been um, literally in the family for three or four generations. Um, we're, we're restoring a piano for a family right now that probably in sh- sheer market terms you wouldn't really restore. The people are spending probably $10,000 restoring it. Mm. Um, it's not worth $10,000, but it is to them. Uh, it turns out that it was the wife of this couple. It was her great-grandmother's piano. It was an 18th birthday present. It was brand new in 1895 or six. And uh, it is the one thing that's been handed down the family. And they've reached a point where it's either spend nothing on it or spend a lot on it. And they're in a position financially to be able to spend a lot on it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a massive job and a big undertaking. But that, so that's that, that's that side of thing, you're preserving the instrument. But not everyone's in that position where they're going to say, well, you know, I'll just drop 10K on restoring a piano that people may or may not be playing. Um, and so we come around to the second the second and most common type of client who says, typically a client between 60 and 75 years of age says, I'm downsizing, all the kids have left the home, they've got grandchildren, the grandchildren are showing no interest maybe in playing the piano, they've got this instrument that may actually be working quite soundly, sitting in a corner of the living room, they're moving from their Glen Waverley home their East Malvern home, and they are going to an apartment. They're either moving to South Bank, maybe maybe retirement-style living, and suddenly this monolithic thing that's not getting used sitting in the corner is suddenly a thing. And and people are now slowly becoming accustomed or are getting their head around, you know, what there's an our buzzword, there's a better... There's a better outcome for a piano than under the wheel tracks of a bulldozer at your local tip. <laughs> well, that's, that's basically. I mean, when you look at the timbers in this beautiful table, this these things can be, and we come back to how the idea came about, etc. But they're they're the two most common sort of clients. We then um, the, the 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 client tell that we are still yet developing is the client tell that walks in and wants to buy this product. Yeah, right. and that's the closing. That's the closing of the loop of the yeah. whole recycling thing. We've, you know, that's that's a separate question, separate of thing. Course. But there's this thing where people have their wheelie bin outside and they throw their recyclables and they think that's the recycling process. And we know now with stockpiles of rubbish, uh, recycled 
or recyclable rubbish and zero investment by uh, by really state and federal governments in in processes to recycle rubbish, recyclable rubbish, and China is not taking it anymore and said, well, you know what, we've sorted out the problems we don't want anymore. So all those boats of stuff that were coming to our place, push off, off you go, take it home. Yeah. And that's where we're at at the moment. So um, it, it's going to require, and it, it, it's not just the mainstream things, and we see it with the big companies like cardboard and bottle recycling through like Amcor and Visi and all those sorts of things. It's actually, there's a number of great ideas in the niche industry, and we're a niche. Um, but we have, you know, real potential. Mm. There are 700,000, it was estimated 700,000 pianos sold in Australia between 1800 and 1900. Wow. 7,000 a year, every year. And most of those pianos, by far, most of those pianos, may, as, as they come up into the 1880s, 1890s, are now reaching really long in the tooth. They are getting old. Mm. And they are coming, and those are the pianos we're seeing most commonly people are ready to say, no, nah, look, let's move on. Because in some cases, no, it can't be tuned. No, in some cases, you know. No, and, and that is um, one of your other lines of work is you are a piano tuner. Oh, so that's, you, how I, you, that's exactly right. That's yeah. how I come to it. I'm a tuner and restorer. I mean, I, I, I tune at the, the uh, well, I cover the range, as I say, I, I, from from the plebs and apologies to the Mrs. Smiths out there who I'm tuning <laughs> for your piano for your daughter. Um, uh, but I've tuned for people like Jose Carreras and numerous artists who have toured Australia and et cetera, and your, our work is on a number of uh, albums with Australian artists and jazz artists, et cetera. So I'm happy that's, that's yeah. that side of thing. But that's actually how I came into it as I stood there one day at a place not too far away from here um, in Morty Alec and watched a guy put a sledgehammer through a piano. A sledgehammer? Um, yeah, well, it was, look, I'm not, having a, it's not a, I'm not blaming them. They were told to dispose of the piano. They were paid to pick the piano up and get rid of it, and that's what they were doing. Guy came up and he said, and I walked out the thing and he said, oh, g'day, Mike, how you going? Just give me a minute. Went bang, 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 five swings of the sledgehammer and one end went off, the other went that way, one down through the keyboard. One went through this beautiful front panel that was inlaid with burr yeah. walnuts and oh, just, and I went, oh, that's, that's a bit ugly. Painful. Yeah, it was actually. It was, and that's, that was the, that was the defining moment. I knew there was a better outcome than, you know, well, I, we say the, the wheel tracks of a bulldozer, but your local waste transfer station in Vermont South or Camberwell or Monash or Springvale, we're, near where we are, has got a, you know, a, a John Deere or a, a Caterpillar D7. And they, um, they just back it up and they drive over it. Yes. Here's the other thing, though, from the environmental point of view, of course, is a lot of these things then are put, just pushed into landfill and because, you know, there's nothing about an iron frame that's going to decompose in the next 100, 200 something years. If, it takes, if they reckon it takes 50 years for a plastic bag to decompose, an iron frame, let's see, that's got to take, I don't know, a hell of a lot couple, couple of hundred. Couple <laughs> so so I, all I can see is, you know, so we'd, we'd, yeah, we've come up with a concept, coming back to the idea, we've come up with a concept that is holistic. We categorize the, the piano. When a piano does come to us, when someone says, oh, look, we are downsizing and we arrange collection, piano comes into us and by this, within basically five minutes, we've been able to categorize it and qualify it. So is it, is it, is it a still working piano? Can we find a home for it? Now, sometimes it's a piano that's of sufficient quality that we can invest time and money in it and, and, and refurbish it, in some cases restore it for a future client because it still has another 25, 30, 40 years ahead of it. 
in some cases piano may still be playing but it's not worth it's no market value to do the kind of thing. I mean, people are giving pianos away for nothing. This mm. is this is the, the really sad part. Well, look around us. Uh, yeah, well, I we've mean, got between us and the back wall, we have 70 pianos here. Yeah. Um, and, and some of them are our, our clients' pianos that we're, we're refurbishing and, and doing various things too. But but the, the demand, the number of inquiries coming in is far outstrips the way the, the output out through the front door doesn't an imbalance that we'll probably never ever actually get on top mm. of. But um, I think it's symptomatic to the the main issue and problem you're solving is people are downsizing. We're in a um, society now where we're living in high rises and tall buildings and smaller houses because housing prices are going up and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So therefore this big piano sadly doesn't have have space it's not as and it's not as it's not as uh relevant i blame elvis presley and the beatles for making the guitar popular yeah um and everyone decided that actually it was much easier to play a guitar than it was a piano actually it's not quite true well i it's apologize true. i was i you're, you're one of them. Exactly yeah, that. no that's I, right no, i that's learned okay. piano so and and both you know you've tuned it both of my sons are playing guitar so i mean what do you say yeah. um uh, look it, it's still the king of all instruments, king of all orchestral instruments. Um, it's still a great instrument, but how relevant is it today? Well, ironically, we're probably more people playing the piano today than ever before, just not in Australia, just not in the West. Uh, I heard a figure that was, I was in China recently for the music expo in Shanghai, uh, not in the last two weeks uh, for this, those of relevance, uh, about three months back <laughs> in September, October, October. And... The figure that was bounced past me was um, someone said, oh, it's the piano in decline. Well, I wouldn't have said so. They had two exhibition halls the size of Jeff's Shed here in Melbourne uh, filled with just pianos, people exhibiting pianos. There are claimed to be somewhere between 35 and 100 piano makers. It depends who you're talking to, but somewhere between 35 and 100 piano makers in China. There are The estimation is there are 80 million people playing the piano in China. So the piano is not dying anytime soon. So it is one of those things that, but it, it, as an as an article, it does occupy space, and because we're well, let's be blunt, we're more materialistic than we've ever been. So we're we we have more stuff than we've ever had before, uh, and we have the same amount of space hmm. to fit more stuff. Welcome to the storage industry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll yeah. give a shout out to my dad, but he uh, yeah, helped yeah. him for two months putting his stuff, stuff in, in the, the storage. Shed. Yeah, well, um, he didn't pack away his lawn bowls. The, no. uh, the, um, it's one of those things. So it, 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 there's part, it's partly cultural uh, and it's partly just a changing, well, not demographic, but a changing circumstance is that we are seeing this downsizing of See, I mean, I've still got some clients who, um, excuse the expression, but little old ladies, the cliche, but who have lived for the last 10, 15 years since their partner passed away in big houses, four, five, six bedroom homes in East Malvern and Turak and Armadale and places like that. And that's where they lived. That was their home and they're not moving. But the, 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 the next generation down, my parents' generation and, and my generation, uh, feel less inclined, feel are less attached mm. to that thing. So the moving thing, while it may be complex in the context of, oh, my God, I've got 40 years of rubbish in this house. Um, <laughs> I've got a friend going through that right, right at this moment. Uh, is, is a part, that's a changing dynamic. That it's the, this, 
generation now is like, oh, we'll move, we'll just move. But that comes with its own complexities. And one of those complexities is what do we do with the piano? Mm. So I want yeah. to talk about then the products that you can create. And you said something interesting. You don't want to be pegged as a furniture company, mm. um, especially which which could be tempting because yeah. the quality of the wood that is used, yeah. especially in these older pianos, is mm. quite high. And as you can see, if you're watching along this yeah. table, again, I'll reference yeah. it. Yeah. But let's talk about more of the small things that people wouldn't realize. Like I've seen cufflinks, I've seen oh. like made out of the ivory keys, I've, I've seen a speaker that you've just made that's very modern. Oh, and not so. just us. It's a, we we uh, last uh, last year in conjunction with the Victorian Woodworkers Association, uh, we ran a, uh, a competition called the Piano Transformation Challenge, Perfect. and it wasn't just confined to woodworking. Um, it was. Uh, a whole range of things. It was a number of categories. Uh, I think there were six or eight, six to eight classifications. And so people made some brilliant things that were, yes, furniture or cabinet making related thing. But we also had several fantastic items made that were um, sculptures. Sculptures. We had one guy made a horse. It was timely because it was Melbourne Cup week when the exhibition was on at the meat market. We had this guy made this, used the frame as a, the spine of the horse, right? And he used a pair, a pair of the, um, what we call the arms in a piano, which, because the camera is shining in the right thing, the arm is the part of the thing yeah. next to the keyboard, right? This is called the arm here, yeah. right? The part that sticks out holding the keyboard. Yeah. And he used the arms as, 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 uh, as its nose. Wow. And he used a pair of pedals as its ears. And then he used a whole bunch of its, the copper wound bass strings as the tail. It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, do you have a photo of it? Oh, yeah, it's all, yeah. It's all on our Facebook so page. So what I'll do, I'll link to just for people listening along. If you go to our page, Pianos Recycled, there's a, one of the photo albums there will be uh, the Transformation Challenge. Fantastic. And uh, you can see some. And look, there were some amazing, and we actually do have some things still here, um, but there were some fantastic. And this is where, uh, you know, the creative element of people how they see different things i mean i i tend to see things in fairly linear sort of straightforward <laughs> sort of things so i come up with straightforward apart from the concept of pianos recycled i come up with fairly straightforward things. straightforward things um but some of these people these are we have some incredibly talented and gifted people in this country with their gifted with their hands and with their how they see things um and that's something that becomes part of taking that extension further no we don't we're not a, we're not actually a furniture company what we've done is we've committed to commissioning a number of things to show people like this table and like other things we've made for clients but to sh this is to show woodworkers but also the public look this is here here's a decent this is a, a 1300 by 1300 millimeter table square table uh, for the convenience we've put glass on it um, it's it's fantastic, you know, two and a half thousand dollars a bite. Yes, you can buy a similar thing at a well-named Swedish um, uh, furniture store um, for about one third the price. Um, this, but, but hang but on, I, I last, just want to pull this will last yeah. for. <laughs> but I just I just want to pull you up on yeah, yeah, the yeah. Swedish furniture, yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, this has so much more meaning. Than, Absolutely, it has so much more meaning than yeah. just your know, Tom, Dick, and Harry. 
casual table it's it's you know maybe i wasn't the one that played piano because i gave up on my piano mm. but you know my grandparents have, have passed away and then okay now there's this piano that that i want yes. to be still used yep. but i'm not going to play it yep. how can i create something that is meaningful and a table even uh, well we're not uh, doing it out of we're not doing it out of your grandmother's kawaii no uh but uh, because the timbers and materials that were oh, built no, from us. However, but the cousin has taken it. That's good. That's playing good. Someone's playing it. Yeah. That's great. And that's and look, we come back to this actually something when you, you, you said earlier about <laughs> um, about what happens. People pick up the phone and the first thing we do, and we get an inquiry a day. That's an inquiry day on the phone, via a Facebook message, by an email through our website, uh, or sometimes just a text. Hey, I want my piano picked up. And you know, no information, no where am I, no basic services. Can we can we make this as complex <laughs> as possible? You know, um, so we qualify at that point, we qualify in the traditional not sales sense, but we try and qualify what do you want? So, somebody like our client who's having uh, we've got right now, we've got. Uh, clients one which is just coming to completion the one with the cocktail cabinet we've got another one we're making it we're turning her piano into a desk um, and we're keeping the shape and the outer form of the piano except we're shortening it and and pulling everything out of the inside and then making the shelving etc into the back of the back of the old piano so and then a, and a new desktop made from the panels of her piano um, which should, should look well we hope pretty good so uh, we've got we've got uh, two clients uh, who want us to make tables and not far from us here, not 10 feet away, we've got a piano here where the client wants us, the piano's been given, rightly been given the kiss of death. Um, it's got major few issues structurally as a piano, a working instrument, uh, and we're going to be, they want to turn that into a church pew style uh, seat for their entry hall in their, pia- in their house. Oh. So you can put your shoes on and off, and you know whatever, and maybe even a shoe rack underneath. Which that's detail we're getting. You know, did they, was that what they want? Cetera. So those that's that's the client who wants to retain the piano, wants to do something with it. Second one is the person who rings up and says, "Okay, now look, I just really do want to get a piano. I bought it twenty years ago. The kids aren't playing anymore, or I bought it forty years ago, and the, kid, the grandkids don't want to play it either. Um, where do we go from there? Uh, can we organise it? Yes, we can. Right at the moment, we have a speaking for us we have a waiting list because we can't process them process them fast enough uh, what is what's pleasing from our point of view is that clients are people are wanting to do something that is a better outcome than the the, the tip which has let's be honest that been the traditional method in the past um, there are uh, they've some have not even tried putting an ad on Gumtree or Facebook or eBay or haven't tried anything like nothing. And we say, well, take in this day and age with your smartphone, take four or five photographs and you can get the Gumtree app and go bang and put it up on Gumtree. Oh, haven't even, they haven't even thought that no. far ahead. On the other hand, we get people who ring up and say, case three weeks ago, um, look, uh, well, we've left this a bit late. Yeah, we want to get rid of the piano. Does anybody in the family want it? No, no. Okay. When you say a bit late, what's happening? Well, we're moving. Settlement's Friday. Mm. Today's Wednesday. Like, 
when did you sell the property? You know, yeah. two months ago, three. I mean, you know, so a I little, think yeah, that, so it is difficult. Yeah, but I think that speaks to people sadly forgetting about the piano. If they're not the person playing it, it just becomes a cabinet almost. Like I, I, I know that would pain a, a pianist to hear yeah, that, but no, that's no, no, true. Look, I mean, I, I can tell you, man. I've been into houses where uh, the piano, piano's main purpose was to hold up, you know, two hundred and twenty-three. You know, Books. gold or silver frame photographs Photos. of the family, Greek families mainly. That's to my Greek friends, <laughs> sorry, it's a joke. Um, but uh, and then there's other times where it's you know holding up three vases and you know with water dripping through the vases yeah. and wrecking the tops of the veneers of the piano. And look after your pianos. Yeah, yeah, look after your piano. No, no water, no uh, porous vases on top of yeah. pianos, please. Thank you. Uh, so, um, yes, yes, it does get forgotten about. Mm. It's there, and it's un, un, in the most common term, unused. So that's the that's the second and category of client, and and the one that we hear the most of. Mm. The third client that we want to hear from is is and which is slowly evolving uh, is from the woodworker who rings us up and says, "I've got the I'm I'm doing this. I've been commissioned by a client to make this or this, and you've got." 130 panels of 120, 130 year old burr walnut. Mm. Can I come and see you? Mm. The answer to that is yes. Yeah. You know, we have an online catalogue that we make available. We'll email them that, and that's updated because the Google Drive ca- catalogue. So that's updated constantly. Every photograph gets ad- added to it. Every piano that comes in this place, we take a photograph of the front, one of the sides, and one of the back. So why the back? So people can, uh, so woodworkers particularly can see how many posts and things are on the back. So if they want to make a table, like this whole table here, only use material from one piano. The legs, the skirts, the rails, the top, everything came out of one piano. There's nothing in this piano, this table here that is less than 100 years old. Well, most of the timber, uh, etc., in this particular table would have been uh, forested uh, probably in what would have been um, uh, the Sherbrooke Forest in the late 1880s and 1890s because that was reforested, reforested and replanted at that time. And so for the timber industries, or piano industries here in Victoria particularly, uh, the, that area and South Gippsland was, were the common areas for their timber sources, yeah. resources. Wow. Because hmm. that just, again, speaks to the quality, speaks to the story. Of, the, yes, of, of, the, of what you're making and it speaks to, to the um, real history and, and behind it. It's quite fascinating. We do come back to this, the thing of provenance. The great, the great connection with it uh, for the person who wants to, de- to transform the piano is the story. Auntie so-and-so or great-grandma Mary Ellen, you know, had the piano. Right? Yep. Uh, we pick. You know, older names, Agnes, Stella, whatever. The, the classics. The, the classics. classics. <laughs> Ethel, you know, <laughs> great-grandma Ethel, you know, had the, was given the piano on 18th birthday. And I use that example, but that's actually... It's the that's truth. A, that's actually the truth. That was, you know, um, and occasionally we'll, we'll find a receipt or a, uh, or a docket or a, something, a business card from, mm. from 100 years ago or something, or a, or, or a docket from, from handwritten in a beautiful old copper plate yep. handwriting. Uh, with you know, here's the receipt for you know x number of pounds, you know uh, the price of the piano forty you know forty one pounds, paid off at you know ten shillings per 
week or month yeah. or whatever, you know, it, it, not per week, usually per month. The average, you know, you're going back to a time where the average man, working man, was working a 42 to 45 hour week for £3.10. Mm. That's $7 for the, for the, uh, for the uh, non imperial imperial English currency yeah um, and you have and so this this whole thing of you know it took them it, it took them half it, it took them longer than this but in in wage terms it took them half a year or more to pay you know to pay for the piano in actual just wage terms but in actual terms it took an hour a year or two years to pay for the piano wow. uh, and so it was it was valuable because it was valuable. It was the most expensive thing they bought. Mm. And, of course, the thing in the piano's favour and adding, adding the store, adding to the story and assisting it in retaining that story is the durability and long life of the piano. Mm. Even your average quality, moderately well-made piano of 100 years ago should still today in 2020 have an still have a useful working life of another 25 years. 25 years. So you're talking average lifespan of a piano of that period of the of say pre 1930s should be at least 125 years. What on earth? What else can you possibly say other than a watch or a clock? What else can you say about that? Mm. There's nothing because it doesn't compare to anything today. Right, so when you take something then, and the materials and the and the craftsmanship and the way certain things were done, uh, just staggering. Mm. Some of the and not that the crafts have been lost, but just the, the approach and the way things were done at that time. And it was commonly done. Uh, yeah, they last a long time. Mm. They weren't all great instruments, by the way. I mean, there were there were people who made. Really, really high class, first class, the best instruments you could buy, and there were other people at the other yeah, end of the scale every... manufacturing things for the working, yeah. the working class. And that's so, today as well. Uh, and exactly right, nothing's changed. Um, you know, we have a uh, so, but the general workmanship per se, like in terms of woodworking skill, was was really really good mm. across the board, and particularly. From the piano, from the from the, the nation that really began to dominate the the piano manufacturing industry worldwide, other than Ameri North America, because the American industry was massive, but the Germans and their wood and their traditional woodworking skills produced great cabinet after great cabinet after you know great design. I mean, not necessarily one's personal taste today. Hundred years later, but for that late, that mid to late Victorian era, from the eighteen seventies, eighteen eighties onwards, uh, just an amazing amount of fantastically produced things. They weren't all great instruments, but the attention to detail in terms of how well they were made, the, but the quality of veneers. Why? Because that was the industry standard. Like making a Swiss watch. This is how it's done. This is how we make it. There's no such thing as a poor Swiss watch. Well, there was no such thing as a poorly built German piano. Some of them were average, ordinary quality as instruments, but in terms of the way they were made, no, they were all no you know, that was good. So for the person who um, is downsizing yeah. um, and then is looking at their piano, they've got one there, yeah. and they 
literally they have a table, they have a bench top, they have a cabinet, they have yeah. all the stuff. What can you do with that's something that's smaller because maybe it is their grandma's 18th birthday present. Um, what, what is something look, they can the, then have as a keepsake, even have on them like in a daily basis? Is that where you've kept you, you're one of the things you referred to already is is the uh, jewelry our sister yep. our sister business uh, Aramea uh, is uh, is a produces a range of one off uh, jewelry items crafted around the two rare uh, and these days protected uh, items of ebony and also ivory. And so we've worked with uh, a number of jewelers who really, A, understand the concept and what we're about. Uh, we uh, and have come up with different designs and different, different things. And ranging, they can be earrings, brooches, rings, pendants, uh, bracelets, all sorts of incredible range of stuff. And it's all online uh, that you can see a lot of the stuff we do. But it's... So that's, that's one. That's a really intimate something that's really quite neat um going slightly larger it can be anything from gee it can be a breadboard it can be a it can be a tray it can be um uh and something's becoming a little bit just beginning to catch on with a few of our clients uh either a jewelry box or watch boxes watch i've referred to the watch thing already but uh, the, the making of boxes that store eight or ten watches and you get a beautiful piece of, you know, veneer as your top and, and, you, and again, everything that goes into the box comes from the piano. Uh, and the, some, of the, some of the things are, are staggeringly good, you know, like really very, very good. And again, no shortage of, uh, here in this country, no shortage of really good craftsmen who... A, get the concept, understand what it's about and why it's important and B, then execute something to make something that's really, really, really beautifully built and uh, and it's one-off. And so, yes, say you've got a piano, you go, well, I've got this and I've got that. You know, as you say, I've got the dining table, I've already got this, I've got a bookcase, I've got so-and-so there. It could be something as simple as picture frames. It could be something as a mirror, where you take a front panel of, of something put and we put mirror in it, glass in it, etc., and hang it on the wall. It could be, um, it could be jewelry. Uh, it could be something to put that jewelry in, and that can sit on top of a table or the or your dressing table or whatever. So we we probably because it's one-off stuff, we don't tend to go design-wise. We don't tend to go down the retro path. Um, for the stuff like, for instance, that we've commissioned or made. Um, we, we like the traditional material, but we like to give it a, a contemporary look if we possibly can. That's just our person, our thing. But the client who says, well, no, I've got this piano. What will I do with it? You know, well, the answer to that is pretty much anything you can think of other than we can't use it for flooring in your house and we can't use it as timber framing because you can't get enough length. But everything else you can think of that's sort of smaller than a piano, well, sometimes not smaller than a piano, like this table, yeah. uh, we can do. And something that I've just thought of with that is what happens with a family that wants to keep the piano but then there's an argument in the family of who takes it. What, oh. you, can, what you can do then is we can go, well, hang on, no one actually plays piano so we're not going to use it. How about we 
give it to Mike, mm. give it to Piano's Recycle, and we can create picture frames, boxes, jewelry boxes, watches, and then everyone in the family can have oh, that's, a no, bit of the that's, piano. That's, that's the case, and I can certainly quote one instance uh, where uh, the father uh, passed away. He was a very fine musician. Uh, the, the, uh, one of the four children contacted me and they wanted to come up with something whereby something could be made from the piano for each of them. Uh, and what we came up with was uh, basically four jewellery boxes. Now, for one, it was a watch box. For uh, two of the sisters, it was jewellery boxes. Uh, and for the fourth one, it was the fourth sibling was a guy and it was he was into, wasn't into jewelry or watches um but it was we made a generic sort of but all nice all with the beautiful all with the walnut veneers etc that the piano had been uh made from in the first place yeah. uh, so that was one so that is a, a, a thing dividing a piano down the middle uh for a piano that people do want that two different people want where they want to keep it as a piano that's a that's a long family argument that one that becomes like you've got to be wiser than solomon for that one mm. there's no argument to that there's no answer to no, that one. no uh, definitely. but if but if the piano particularly if the piano a no one wants to play it per se but they want to retain it in some form or uh, then that one that solution i've just said is is one that's come up in the not too distant past that we we produced and uh that's something that yeah, that's a, that's an outcome that can work. Really cool. Yeah, um, and then I, I just want to touch briefly on the environmental benefits that you're doing. We're living in an age and time where the Greta Thunbergs of the world, the climate change, the all of this kind of thing. And you're not you're not a hippie. You don't have long hair, but um, slightly <laughs> before my time. But although it's never gone out of style, yeah. depending on which uh, which town you're standing. You in. know what Chris looks like. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah well, it's well, it's making it. It's making a comeback. <laughs> but um, no, I just want to touch on the environmental stuff you're doing. You said like it would it would take years for some of the steel to break down if I'm if we're just getting rid of it. But now you're repurposing things and having an impact on well, the environment. I'll, I'll give really quick. I'm conscious of the time thing for mm. you, but. A piano, the average piano weighs between 220 and 240 kilograms. And approximately half of that is timber. That means the other half is not. Uh, and the iron frame, the strings, the tuning pins, the bits of metal and things in the mechanism, the action, etc. all these parts, play it parts, that's the other 120 thing. But we've gone through, we have weighed every single item out of a conventional piano uh, over half a dozen pianos till we aver basically averaged it. And it's approximately 100 to 105 kilograms out of your normal upright, mid-sized, what I say mid-sized, old-fashioned upright piano. Um, so that other half isn't wood or isn't usable. And that's the part that traditionally has, that even for some people who are doing, like there's a crowd in America who are doing something like what we do, but they actually throw the other bit out. They just throw that in the rubbish. We actually remove the frames and uh, we take them to a metal recycler. We take mm -hmm. the copper wound bass strings out of it. We cut them out of the piano and bundle them up and we take those to the metal recycler. The other stuff, all the loose stuff, we've got a big wheelie bin and when it gets about two-thirds full, because if it gets full, we can't move it, uh, when it gets about two-thirds full, full of, of just all the generic rubbish from a piano, metal rubbish, a piano, a piano wire, the tuning pins, the various assorted brackets, bolts, things, whatever. 
we just in that bin and we just take the bin around. We don't we don't looking for money for it. We just because it goes into him one of his bins, it gets sent back to China where they resmelter it and comes back out as something else. Now, uh, it's just so part of again your answer. The environmental impact, yes, we tick a lot of different boxes. Where not we right at this moment we're a furniture company as well as being a recycling company as well as being a sustainability sustainably driven company but we're you know so we we tick a number of boxes but no one ticks quite the number that we do so we we are a recycling company we, we that's what we do essentially we we're a recycling company we take pianos that are going to the tip we interrupt it it's the modern term we're an interrupter we interrupt that process and what we're trying to fill in is that that part of the circle that cavity in the circle of this of the new way of thinking the circular economy and so we take this item that's 100 120 140 years old and we break it down I should say deconstruct it to be totally accurate we break it down and to, and divide it categorize etc into parts that can be will be recycled and the metal frames and all the things are recycled they don't go into rubbish uh, and we take the timber and that gets categorized as stuff that we can't use um, and that some of that will 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 end up at some point end up in landfill um, and some of this but most of the timber I'd like to tell you that we recycle 100% of the piano it's not actually possible uh, it's we we aim for 100 but the reality is it's somewhere between 90 and 95% it's still a hell of a lot than nothing well we're a small business we're coming up towards 4 years and our small business uh, has Save just in our in our own way twenty five tons metric tons of rubbish landfill just in our small way uh, and we and that can be scaled up enormously because now we get to the size of the problem through our research early on we're talking to leading piano f f carriers people who were being commissioned to pick up a piano and take it to the tip and throw it out. And, in some case, in the old days, literally backed the truck up at the tip and just pushed it off the back of the tailgate. Literally just shoved yeah. it out the back. Um, and then it became then it became a bit of a sleeper, a bit of a hidden one, where the pianos were brought back to a yard, smashed up and put into a rubbish bin, big skip. And so this is where now as we're beginning to talk to local councils, that's a sleeper. They're not actually seeing pianos. They're saying, oh, our waste transfer stations aren't seeing pianos. No, they're not. They're being smashed up first. Mm. But here's the size of the problem. In Here in Melbourne, a city of 5 million people, we throw out every week of the year, except maybe Christmas to New Year, but every week of the year, a minimum of 10 pianos a week. Yeah. So extrapolating that, that's one piano for every 500,000 people every week. Across the population of Australia, it means two and a half thousand pianos per year go on a rubbish tip somewhere. Now that's despite us and one or two other conceptual things. Where there's an art, there's a piano garden in Western Australia where you can, the guy's got a couple of acres and you can take your piano there and it sits outside and slowly just rots. Um, and there's another guy in the industry here in Melbourne who gives piano ways, pianos away to use as garden ornaments and people put fountains through them and stuff. It's 
can't don't quite get, but that's okay. But that's okay. That's that's part of it. Um, that's it's not going in landfill. So so yes, the the environmental impact is quite standard. Two and a half thousand pianos just for. I think most of us, most of your watchers will have an idea of what the MCG is, the Melbourne Cricket Ground. It's a rather large stadium, one of the biggest in the world. Every eight years, we, Australia, fills the MCG with pianos that they have put in the rubbish. Nice graphic for you, the nice mental image, the MCG. There, you drive past the MCG tomorrow and you look at it. There is the last eight years of accumulated pianos from all around Australia, filled to the brim. Wow. Right? Um, 20,000 pianos. Wow. Every five years. That's We're going to be generous say five minutes. But actually, it's accelerating. It is accelerating. Mm. So of course it is. That's the size of the problem. So we say to councils, yeah, okay, you might only see, you might only see four or five pianos a year. You think, but actually you're not. You're actually seeing accumulatively your four or five pianos and that council's four or five pianos and that council's four or five pianos are all going the same and they're all going to one of the three landfill sites outside on the perimeter of Melbourne. And that's just a problem here in Melbourne, city of five million people. It's a worse problem in Sydney where they are really constricted by geographic you know, problem issues. Uh, and it's, but it's a, it's a real, you know, and obviously it probably isn't such a big problem in Upper Kambucky or West out in far north Queensland where they go, oh, we've got to tip out the back, mate. Yeah, just back it up, throw it out there if you don't mind, you know. <laughs> and no problem because they only got a couple of million acres. So it's not an issue. But for but a city of five million, like, so... So that's, so that's that cavity. We're the interrupter in that process. Um, the next part is the education and getting the, the public, the consumer, to actually buy in. And this is the part that currently uh, that the waste industry and the more to the point the recycling industry is very, very aware of. At the moment, the average consumer thinks, gets, goes out to their wheelie bin, drops in their two bottles, the, 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 the newspaper, the empty toilet rolls, the Scott towels, the this, the that, the whatever, you know, blah, 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 drops them in the uh, recycling bin and goes, I've done my bit. Oh, you haven't. That's like, that's that's ten to somewhere between 10 and 20% of the cycle. You've started the process. You have nowhere near completed the process. So people, we need the public to really latch onto this idea of stop chewing up resource, especially timber. The timber is fine. I mean, I know timber grows. I appreciate it. And there's plantation timber and and uh, whatever in parts of Victoria, South Australia, New South Wales, Queensland. Uh, some of them, as we've seen in the recent bushfire crisis here in Australia, some of them have been burnt through. So there's there could be 10, 20 years of plantation, 10, 20 years of growth of plantation timber has just been burnt out. For instance, there's a couple of issues in South Australia where I believe that's the case. So we're looking, and there's going to be, we've just had a ban put on foresting, uh, the foresting of old growth timber in, in bushfire affected areas. Politically speaking, here in Victoria, we're probably going to see somewhere in the next one to two years, we're going to see the local state government ban, for, if they can get away with it, 
I've got to say, get away with it politically and not cost them too many votes. Is what I really, what I really mean. Uh, in we're going to see foresting and old growth areas banned. Period. Second part of that will be you will see a ban or eventually a restriction on timber, hardwood timbers coming in from places like Indonesia, Sumatra, Borneo, etc. And at that point, and I'm saying that's probably 10 to 15 years from now, people will have to turn around and say, how do I, I want to, but I want to make this, I want to do this, I want to do that. I want to make something, but I can't access that timber, whatever. So that is going to be a changing dynamic. And that's why we often say amongst uh, myself and our, my two partners, Sandra and Peter, we're probably a decade ahead of the curve uh, in that sense because we're thinking that far ahead. The problem, the bit, the problem as I mentioned, that 700,000 pianos that were made, that were bought, bought and imported into Australia between 1800 and 1900, they are all getting older. The ones that haven't already gone, they're getting closer every single day. So... What are we going to do? 700,000 pianos, let's presume, let's say 100,000 have gone already. Let's say there's half a million of those pianos left. All right, well, let's have another half. Let's go with 350,000 mm. of those pianos left. So that's 10 years, you know, that's 10, 12, 14 MCGs. Wow. And they will all event, most of them will. Some are super high quality and won't go down that path. But mm. for the bulk of them, 90 Five percent of the rest—that's the outcome. Wow. So we, yeah, we think we're about probably about a decade ahead of the curve. But we are now starting to get woodworkers involved in, you know, ringing us up and saying, "Hey, I really want to work with this material. Can I come and have a look?" And then when they see how much materials in a piano and also the quality of the veneers, they're starting to get it. Like, yeah, okay, we can do this. Now, some of them, I know at least one who went out and. Got it literally got a piano off Gumtree for nothing, and then when he got it back, the thing found out that he didn't know how to get the tuning. Spending he spent twenty hours getting it apart. Well, that's because he hasn't got we know skill set. We know how to get it. Yeah. He got, we know how to get it apart. I know more. I can say this confidently. I know more <laughs> about taking a piano apart than any person in the world right at this instant. It's not a great skill to, oh. to you know knowledge base to have, unfortunately. Um, uh, but. But at this point in time, you know, that's, that's 20 hours. Guy's got to put a dollar value against it. I said, mate, it's just much easier if you come and knock on our door. We'll, we'll, we'll hand you. You can back your ute or your Ford Transit van or whatever. You can back it up to the door and it'll, it'll all fit in a station wagon and we'll load your, load your truck, your van, your station wagon, your trailer, whatever, with one deconstructed piano mm. uh, for somewhere, depending on the quality of veneers and the amount, somewhere between 500 and a thousand dollars. The thousand dollars would mean that the veneers were really like you put, put a lot of work. Yeah, well, not I haven't, but the original mate. But the veneers are really exclusive. Now, part of that process also to the woodworker who walks in the door and wants that is that we know where the piano came from. We know it's. I, given my history and background, we're able to identify the piano. We know what year it was made. We've got a rough idea of when it was imported. We may, we try and get a backstory on every piano. that doesn't always work, but we try and get a backstory on every piano that comes in so that we're able to then, we present, provide a certificate of heritage to that woodworker. When he makes something, we will then put it, give his product a certificate of heritage saying, here's what this, here's what your radiogram, here's what your jewellery box, etc. Here's what it was made from. And then here's the helps. pianos, here are the veneers, here's the type of wood. 
and here's the age. Guaranteed, or war well, well, warranted, guaranteed, this is the background, this is what it came from, there's the heritage document, and we will issue that once they've completed, we won't just give them a blank one, once they've completed something and we know for sure that that item is made from that product, we go, here we are, and we'll do this, we've already have them, you know, the templates, etc. we fill in the details, we've got a growing database of different brands which we, you know, compile, uh, compile or expanding all the time, and bang, so that guy then produces something and can then say, well, I've made this and here's, here's what it came from. Here's the back, here's its background. And so that's that story, that connection, that thing. So that gives the new owner this connection to the past. So they're not just buying, oh, I've bought, I bought something that's made out of recycled flooring that came out of a factory in Maribyrnong, mm. which is nothing wrong with that. No, but, but, I would say that's but a problem, you know. going back to story. Yeah. yeah. Mike, I think that's, that's a fantastic spot to end it on um, because, well, not... Not only then does the woodworker, I'll just sum it up, the yeah. woodworker then can sell this box, this jewellery, whatever it is, with the added emotional benefit of this is Correct. heritage certified. Yes. You know? Correct. Um, exactly, yeah. It's a long, look, it's a long road, it's a long process, and I appreciate you've given us a chance to yeah. tell our story a bit no? as well. But, Fantastic. Uh, it's always, always um, a pleasure. I do have two last questions, yes. though, um, just before I finish. Um, the first one being, yeah, what's new and coming up for you in the next sort of six months or that kind of thing? Um, and, uh, well, I'll go with that one and then I'll ask for the second okay, one as well. conscious of time, so I'll yeah. keep it being right at the moment we are uh, in uh, dialogue with a, um, with a local government here in Melbourne. Uh, not the state government, but one of the local municipal uh, governments about running a trial, putting together a trial program uh, and so that's going to be the big focus for the next yeah. six to 12 months uh, because that's the scalable opportunity yeah. for us as, a, as an entity, as a, as a business to date, uh, getting this established, getting this foothold. So that one, uh, I can't say who because it's all mm, uh, very it's all reasonably confidential, yeah. but that's the big one. And if that trial program works uh, and we put the building blocks in place, they actually then want to work, they've indicated to us already, they want to work with us to then go to the neighbouring councils and then ultimately to the Fantastic. municipal council Fantastic. in Victoria and say, let's, you know, let's do something. Let's do it. Yeah. So that's the, that's, the, that's the big one for 2020. That's, that's right on, that's on the burner. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right at this minute, and and then uh, for somebody who has a piano, who loves pianos, and just wants to buy something, um, or, or yeah, wants to reach out to you, and they've heard something, and how, what's we're the best way? we're we are accessible. Uh, we're the Facebook medium is fantastic. We are on Instagram, pianos recycled. We're on Facebook. You find again pianos recycled, um, and you can just you do a Google search. It's totally organic. We haven't spent a cent on an ad word. Uh, if you type in pianos and the word recycled next to it, lo and behold, we come up number one. Even if you're in Massachusetts or Bath, thank you very much for the inquiries. We do appreciate them. Can't help you this week. Sorry. Mm. Uh, and I say Eventually that you will, that's though. exactly where we've got inquiries mm. from. The one from Boston was hilarious. You know, yeah, can yeah. you pick our piano up next week? <laughs> and the answer was, I mean, it's no, not really. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so we had to clarify that one. Mm. Yeah. Awesome, Mike. Well, I've been Tim, you've been Mike, and we've been talking. Pleasure, mate. Thank, thank you. you very much. Cheers. Cheers.
All right, there you have it, the episode with Mike Hendry from Pianos Recycled. It's amazing the stuff he's doing with his business partners there, taking old pianos and giving them new life. If you want to learn more about what Mike's doing, go to his website. It'll be in the show notes, Pianos Recycled. Apart from that, I'd love it if you guys gave the show a review, a like, and subscribe. That would be really amazing. If you're listening along, take a screenshot of you listening to the show, put it on your Instagram story, and I'll feature you there as well. That would be really, really cool. Apart from that, I'd love to talk to you guys a little bit about podcast production. If you're listening to this show and you're thinking, wow, I would love my own podcast, I'd love my own show that creates amazing content for me, that's something I'd love to help you through the process of already working with some amazing clients this year and it's going really fantastic. So if you're someone who wants your own show, send me a message at tim at beantalking.com.au. Apart from that, I'll see you guys in the next episode.